Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 38 O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. They weigh like a burden too heavy for me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All day long I go around mourning. For my loins are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am utterly spent and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is known to you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my affliction, and my neighbors stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek to hurt me speak of ruin and immediate and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like the deaf, I do not hear, like the mute who cannot speak. Truly I am like one who does not hear and in whose mouth there is no retort. But it is for you, O Lord, that I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I pray, only do not let them rejoice over me those who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity, I am sorry for my sin. Those who are my foes without cause are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good are my adversaries because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation." Genesis chapter 33, verses 1 through 17. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. He put the maids with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He He himself went on ahead of them, bowing himself to the ground seven times, until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near, and they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And finally Joseph and Rachel drew near and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, to find favor with my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please, if I find favor with you, then accept my present for my hand, for truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God, since you have received me with such favor. Please accept my gift that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have everything I want. So he urged me him, and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us journey on our way, and I will go alongside you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are frail, and that the flocks and herds which are nursing are a care to me. 
and if they are overridden one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly, according to the pace of the cattle that are, bef- that are, that are before me, and according to the pace of the children, until I come to my Lord in Seir. So Esau said, Let me leave you with some of the people who were with me. But he said, Why should my Lord be so kind to me? So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth, and built himself a house, and made booths for his cattle. Therefore the place is called Succoth. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2-16 through I commend you because you remember me in everything, and maintain the traditions just as I handed them to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the husband is the head of his wife, and that God is the head of the Christ. Of Christ. Any man who prays or prophesies with something on his head disgraces his head. But any woman who prays or prophesies with her head unveiled disgraces her head. It is one and the same thing as having her head shaved. For if a woman will not veil herself, then she should cut off her hair. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or be shaved, she should wear a veil. For a man ought not to have his head veiled, since he is the image and reflection of God. But woman is a reflection of man. Indeed, man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for the sake of woman, but woman for the sake of man. For this reason, woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man or man independent of woman. Just as woman came from man, so man comes through woman. But all things come from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head unveiled? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is degraded to him, degrading to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for such a covering. But if anyone is disposed to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. Good morning and welcome to the seventh Monday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 38, Genesis 33, and 1 Corinthians 11. And anyone, I think, who's been reading my substack, um, this morning's readings uh, from Genesis, where Jacob and Esau meet, they've been apart. Jacob deprived Esau of his birthright, so he's scared that Esau is going to come against him. And so he basically, you know, tucks his tail between his legs, has all these gifts, and instead, Esau behaves like the prodigal father and uh, Jacob, the prodigal son, um, and everything is hunky-dory. But one thing I noticed is how, in order to prepare, uh, it gives kind of like an order of march with Jacob and his sons and his wives and his wives' ma- wives' maids. And first, go their maids. Um, the maids and their children, Zilpah and, oh, no, I always get it wrong, Zilpah and Bilah and their their sons, Gad, Asher, Dan, Nephtali. Then comes Leah and her sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Iskar, Zebulon. And then finally in the back are Joseph, um, who I, th- I don't think he's aged, is he? No, I can't remember. Yeah, Joseph, young Joseph and Benjamin, sorry. Um, uh, Rachel's sons. Um, And so I was curious because the order of March given in Numbers 2 seemed like maybe there's a parallel. So I looked it up, 
in the order of March, according to Numbers 2, it says the, the, the forward part of the march would face east, and these are actually Rachel's sons, Judah, Issachar, Zebulon. And then uh, Rachel's other two sons, Simeon and Reuben, are to the south, underneath uh, with Gad. Um, and then in the north, Gad is uh, one of the maid's sons. And then in the north, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali, uh, which are also the maid's sons. But the back is preserved. Benjamin, Manasseh, and Ephraim, the the three, the you know Benjamin and then the two Josephite half tribes are in the rear to the west, um, and so it only preserves that one part of um, uh, Leah's children being in the back, being more protected, um, and the youngest were the most favored. Joseph, he's actually the older brother of the two, but Joseph is the rare kind of exception of being the older of two brothers that is that is blessed and the, the storyline follows that maybe because Leah has died giving birth to Benjamin and maybe and it's just speculation but maybe it was the the you know the the guilt and the the grief of losing her in childbirth that maybe um jo, uh, Jacob and the story just doesn't dwell on the tribe of Benjamin and instead kind of picks up the story through Joseph, her oldest son. But when it came time to allot the tribes their land, Benjamin is given the land that possesses Jerusalem. And so Benjaminites, like King Saul and the Apostle Saul, they talk about how they're from the least of the tribes, and this, this is true, but it, 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 there is a certain amount of favor in giving Benjamin uh, the land that that includes Mount Zion and the temple and, and Jerusalem. And the other thing that I think is um, certainly not unimportant to point out is in Corinthians, this, uh, these household codes. This is one of those letters that, you know, it really stands out for Paul kind of adhering to Jewish customs, covering the head. You know, I even, when when he wrote that, um, that nature teaches that if a man wears his hair long, it's degrading. Immediately in my mind, I thought of the Nazarites um, and how uh, James, Jesus' brother, um, even Saul, he wore, he took vows, which would have required him to grow his hair long. And so degrading, you know, I don't know what the Greek is, I didn't look it up, but it, it, it feels odd. It's either, because he does seem to use it like to say, don't do this. But he himself has taken Nazarite vows. Prominent people, James uh, was the bishop of Jerusalem, um, and he was killed um, by the high priest before uh, the Great Revolt. Like that, it doesn't, it seems to stand out to say something like that in that way, given what we know that Paul has taken vows, that James has taken vows. Um, you know, Elijah, all these people seem to do these things, John the Baptist. Um, and so to speak of it dis- disparagingly suggests a, a far more conservative ideology than many of the other undisputed letters. Um, and that doesn't say he didn't write it, but maybe you, you know there's something special in the the Christians in Corinth that he needed to say that I I don't know. Um, and we've been getting a bunch of these the last you know several weeks 
household codes and, you know, uh, whether or not women can serve in ministry and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's relevant to a martial hermeneutic because I think it's it's a good thing um, and something I'm interested to watch kind of how it unfolds um, that uh, there's no more restrictions on women in uh, military occupational specialties. Um, I remember not too long ago, uh, there, was a, there was a paratrooper killed at Bragg in a failed, uh, their parachute failed, or I think, I think they were dragged behind the plane, I can't remember. And it was a woman, and she was a forward observer like me. So she would have been in my unit. And so it, it, it struck me a little bit more um, being a forward observer, but also it was this new sense of like, oh yeah, you know, the army changed after me, and you know, what would it be like? Uh, to be uh, thinking about some of these things and experiencing them, you know, myself. What would it be like to have women in, you know, my <laughs> artillery battery? Um, and I also, I, I, the another reason that it, it stood out to me is that if this is a Hebrew speaker, someone who's educated in Genesis, they would have known that Adam is is just a a fem, uh, an abbreviation of a feminine noun, Adama, uh, and it doesn't mean man with a penis. It means like uppercase M man, like humanity. Um, and certainly there were interpretations that suggested otherwise, but the language is pretty clear. And given Paul's interest and focus on the law and the, the particularities of it, it strikes me that he probably would have known that that's that argument is a stretch that man was not or woman was not created for man that woman was created from humanity um and and yeah it just it always frustrates me to read that because it's it's taking the text to say something that it doesn't necessarily say and someone like paul who clearly knows it inside and out um who is you know breaking forth uh the law to preach to the Gentiles, for whatever reason, he builds up this case for like all these Jewish customs. And then of course at the bottom, at the end, he says, oh, but if anybody's disposed to be contentious, oh, we don't have any custom and it's not the custom of the church. Like that that seems unlike Paul to not take a stand and that stand not to be in in language I, I, I wish there was more clear, but um, the, a stand that's not progressive because he's he's you know talks about being a Hebrew born of Hebrews and yet he kind of gives up on the Jews because they keep sending him to trial so he says well I'll t- preach to the Gentiles instead um, and he's an advocate for not being circumcised or it not being a requirement do it if you want but like it's not a requirement so that attitude seems to be at odds with this reading of Corinthians um, and also, if you ask me, a reading, a close reading of Genesis. A prayer for knowledge of God's creation from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you made the universe with all its marvelous order, its atoms, worlds, and galaxies, and the infinite complexity of living creatures. Grant that as we probe the mysteries of your creation, we may come to know you more truly. 
and more surely fulfill our role in your eternal purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.